0: Hello, and welcome to the Paperback Show. This week we'll be talking about gold medal paperbacks. Founded in 1950 by Fawcett Publications, this company was the first successful publisher of paperback originals. That means they didn't reprint already published hardback books, which every other paperback publisher did, but they published original works of fiction, and they were incredibly successful. But before we launch into gold medal paperback history, let's talk about some paperbacks I discovered recently. I love reading and paperbacks are my favorite type of book to read. I'm always on the lookout for interesting paperbacks, and I recently discovered a publisher I think you should know about. The British Library Publishers. The British Library holds more than 150 million items in its collection. British Library Publishing actively publish from the library's collection to bring forgotten stories and original nonfiction to new audiences. They publish thought-provoking books to showcase unexpected treasures from their collections, including maps, manuscripts, great works of literature, and rare books. And note that every purchase from the British Library Publishing supports the work of the library. Now, I couldn't find out when the British Library began publishing, but they do publish at least 40 new books every year. And I came across two series of books that I think paperback readers will be interested in the horror and gothic series, and the crime classic series. These two series are beautifully designed, well-constructed, and often feature authors and novels that are underappreciated. For example, I read a collection of E.F. Benson Weird Tales titled The Outcast and Other Weird Tales by E.F. Benson. Now, Benson is known primarily today for his Lucia series, light, comic, satiric portraits of Edwardian society, but he also wrote horror and weird stories that were well regarded in his time. I was so impressed with his works that after reading the collection, went out and started buying many of his other works. His writing is a bit more subtle than other writers of his time, and he often includes that satiric take on characters and their class. The entire series of horror and gothic fiction is superb, I especially like their collections, which are quite unique. One collection is about Christmas, weird tales, Cornish horror, and the mathematical weird. Mike Ashley is one of the series editors, and he is just so good. His introductions and selection of stories are informative and quite interesting. Briefly, the library's crime classic series is also quite good. Again, they publish classic British crime that's underappreciated. I picked up Between the Wars paperback by Michael Gilbert, Death Has Deep Roots, A Second World War Mystery. There are many, many books in the series, and I can't wait to read them. If you want to find out more about the British Library publishers and their paperbacks, check out my notes for this podcast at paperbackshow.com. Gold Medal Books. Gold Medal Books started publication in May of 1950. They were late to the paperback industry, but careful planning and a bit of luck not only made Gold Medal a very successful paperback publisher, but they also changed the industry itself by publishing paperback originals, PBOs. Up until Gold Medal, paperbacks were reprints of hardcover books with the author and the hardback publisher splitting the paperback royalties 50%. Now, gold medal gave 100% of the paperback royalties to the author. They also based the royalties on books printed instead of books sold. Many paperback authors received as low as $250 for a paperback reprint. But with gold medal's new policy, authors received $2,000 since they paid one cent for each paperback published, and their minimum print run was 200000 Needless to say that many of the hardback publishers were upset that their paperback reprint business model was being challenged. Doubleday, a major publisher at the time, went so far as to say in print, The publication of paperback originals will undermine the whole structure of publishing. Translation. We will lose money because of competition. Gold Medal started publication after a test run of two unnumbered titles, which sold very well, with four paperback books. Those titles are Gold Medal 101, We Are the Public Enemies by Alan Hind, a true crime book. 102, Man's Story, True Crime Selections. 103, The Persian Cat by John Flagg, with a great cover, and 104, I'll Find You by Richard Himmel. All four of the novels did extremely well. Gold medal paperbacks have the gold medal logo and yellow spines. They also have striking, and sometimes lurid, covers. The first art director for gold medal was Al Allard, who used several cover illustrators, but favored... Barry Phillips, who is one of the great paperback illustrators of the 40s and 50s. Barry Phillips began painting paperback covers around 1945, but he was very prolific for the pulps through the 1940s, 1950s, and 1960s. He's often referred to as the king of paperbacks, He worked for several publishers in varying art styles, most notably for Fawcett's Gold Medal Books collection, and the original James Bond paperbacks by Signet Books. He also painted covers for the Popular Library, Bantam Books, Cardinal Books, Dell Books, Royal Books, and Pocket Books. But the most important person at Gold Medal in the 1950s was Richard Carroll. He was a remarkable man with a keen intelligence and a lot of life experience. He was a veteran of World War I, worked as a newspaper reporter and editor at the Boston Globe. He went to Hollywood and worked as a story editor with a reputation as a great script doctor. And while in Hollywood, he palled around with John Wayne and John Ford. During World War II, he worked on a number of film projects for the Defense Department. And after the war, he was hired by Gold Medal to be their managing editor in charge of the day-to-day operations. Now, Carroll was important to Gold Medal's success because he was a writer's editor and lacked that narrow-mindedness that other editors had at the time about genre fiction. He was open to all kinds of experimentation in paperback novels, as long as the writing was concise and not cluttered with unnecessary elements. It was due to Carroll's influence that Gold Medal became the chief exponent of the Roman Noir, or Black Novel, So you'll find all kinds of Western novels with hard-boiled elements in them. Uh, You'll find mystery novels that have thriller elements. Um, The mix of genres was just great. And as long as they were well-written, he would publish them. At the end of 1951, Gold Medal had sold over 29 million paperback books and had issued 78 different titles. Writers flocked to gold medal because of their high pay scale and quick payment. They paid 30 days from publication, which wasn't always the case with other publishers. At one point, gold medal received 300 manuscripts a month. Managing editor Richard Carroll set up an efficient but informal system where a good novel worked its way up to him. He would then decide whether to publish the novel if he decided it was good enough for gold medal Then he'd start working with the author to get the novel into shape for publication. There's a funny story about the informal nature of the editorial offices at Gold Medal, which were then located at 67 West 44th Street in New York City. Rona Jaffe, who later became a best-selling author herself, worked as an assistant editor at Gold Medal in 1951. One day, Mickey Spillane was visiting the gold medal office, which he would often do. He was a huge best-selling paperback author of the time. When Jaffe heard that Mickey was in the outer office, she said, I have to meet him. She ran out of the office and said to Spillane, Mickey, Mickey, if I unbutton my blouse, will you drill me full of holes? I would like to see the look on Mickey's face. <laughs> During the first six years, gold medal had 12 titles that have had over a million in sales. Among these top-selling authors were John D. MacDonald, Gil Brewer, Bruno Fisher, a personal favorite, Teresa Torres. Now, she was the author of one of the first paperback original novels with lesbian themes, Woman's Barracks, a paperback that was prominently featured by the Gathings Committee a congressional 1952 probe of obscene magazines and paperbacks, which probably contributed to the novel's extreme popularity at the time. Also, David Gutis, Richard Prather, and Richard Himmel. Now, most gold medal novels were 25 cents each, but they also promoted a 35-cent paperback called Gold Medal Giants, because they were longer in length, primarily best remembered of the supersized novel is Driven by Richard Gaiman. G-E-H-M-E-N. It was so well received at Gold Medal that the editor Richard Carroll made arrangements for the book to be simultaneously published in hardback as well as paperback. And this book is fabulous, and it should be sought out by any paperback collector, especially so since Gaiman signed many copies which makes this gold medal D387 paperback original sign extremely collectible. It's also a wonderful hardback novel that I recommend anybody looking for a good novel, especially a 50s novel. I could go on and on about gold medals movie novelizations. They were among the first. They also sought out authors' short stories and encouraged them to adapt them into novels. They were the first to do that their sales to Hollywood, most of them were never produced, although some were, and their continuing success with paperback readers of the 1950s, but we'll be here all day. Let me close by saying that Ed Gorman, an excellent writer himself, has written a good deal about gold medal history. In the collection, The Fine Art of Murder, The Mystery Reader's Indispensable Companion, Ed has an article entitled, The Golden Harvest, 25-Cent Paperbacks, where he lists some of the best gold medal authors. His comments on why they are important are priceless. I got my start reading gold medal novels with this article over two decades ago, and his comments are spot on. Among his and my own favorites are Peter Rabe, Charles Williams, Dan Marlowe. Oh, my God, if you hadn't read Dan Marlowe, stop listening and go by his novel, The Name of the Game is Death, immediately. David Goodis, Jim Thompson, Donald Hamilton, Day Keene, another favorite, Vin Packer, a.k.a. Mary Jane Meeker, Lionel White, Harry Whittington, and Robert Colby. I'd also like to add Richard Matheson to this list, whose Incredible Shrinking Man and I Am Legend were published as paperback originals and went on to be adapted to two excellent movies. Now, Gold Medal didn't publish a lot of science fiction, but the science fiction they did is excellent. And I haven't mentioned Gold Medal's great western paperback originals. I personally like the novels by Richard Hoyman. Louis B. Patton, Steve Frazee, and Jonas Ward. If you like Westerns, seek these novel- novelists out because they, are, they have elements of hard-boiled uh, style in them that makes them unique among Western novels. And I would be remiss in not mentioning the novels of Richard Prather, featuring Shell Scott, a Christa Faust favorite. Although a bit too light for my own taste, Richard Prather was a big hit with the public. And even now, his books continue to sell. Barry Phillips painted some wonderful covers for this author's books, which I'll feature at the accompanying notes for this podcast. After Richard Carroll died in 1959, gold medal changed. Most of the original editorial staff were gone and the publisher moved in a different directions. The paperback market had changed, and gold medal, with a new managing editor in place, began to focus on the big novel and began to place big bids to reprint popular novels. Over the years, with the change to the Fawcett gold medal imprint, the company published titles like The Godfather, The Rise and Fall of the Third Reich, and Linda Goodman's Love Signs, among others. Eventually, though, Fawcett was sold to CBS in 1977, who six years earlier had acquired Popular Library, another successful paperback publisher. The golden age of gold medal paperbacks is 1950 through 1959. They published original fiction that was usually very well written and focused on the mystery, thriller, and western genre, although they published many types of novels. These paperbacks featured striking and original covers that are distinctive in many ways, Since there were so many reprintings of gold medal's most popular paperbacks, you can still find a good copy of a gold medal paperback for as little as $10 or less. Basically, the better condition the book is, the higher the price. But you can buy a cheap copy of a gold medal paperback that is in such great shape if you just want to read it. If you want to start reading vintage paperbacks, noir and hard-boiled, even the westerns, from the 1950s, gold medal is the place to start. Most of the info for this podcast came from The Great History of Gold Medal, written by George Tuttle and featured in Gary Levisi's Paperback Parade number 33, Mr. Lavisi, a great collector and master of paperback history himself, features gold medal paperbacks on his YouTube channel in a two-part series, which I highly recommend. You'll be able to see many of the covers, and his comments are insightful and interesting. Well, that's our show for this week. Please visit our website, paperbackshow.com, for notes, covers, and links to many topics mentioned in this podcast. I've also set up a special sale of several gold medal paperbacks at my online store, groveusedbooks.com. Note that the music you're listening to is from Zoot Sim's 1960 album, Down Home. It's free from Archive.org and in the public domain. Thanks for listening, and keep reading paperbacks. See you next time.